You're listening to the Action Figure Blues podcast, episode number 367, brought to you by Apple Music, Audible, and ActionFigureBlues.com. I'm Adam. And I'm Scott. Tonight, I'm reviewing the McFarlane DC Multiverse Justice League Unlimited Green Lantern action figure and the DC Collectibles Batman Black and White Doug Mackey statue, and then I'm going to help Adam get started on statue collecting. And maybe drugs. But only, like, legal statue drugs. There are illegal statue drugs? Look, I don't think we should talk about those. Okay. Adam. Hi, how are you? I'm I'm okay. How's your pandemic going? Um, it is kind of like life as we know it, but a bit weird. Um, so as we've talked about, not on the show, um, I'm still going into work basically every weekday. Um, the office, so the area where I work, we have like a, a very large building that houses several hundred people. Um, the wing where I work in the the end of it that I work, there's normally like 40 plus people there. Today, there were like four people there. Um, so we're doing our social distancing and stuff. But as soon as you like finish the thing that you were focusing on deeply and look up, there's no background noise. There's no people. And it's it's just weird. It's very unusual times living in. And in case you're not listening to this close to when we release it, it's the beginning of April 2020. And we are smack dab in the middle of the COVID-19 worst pandemic ever that I've lived through. I'm sure others. And I I think I, I, you know, you said before how like it's kind of the same, but different. Most of my family, like we are basically homebodies. You know, I work from home. I'm a extroverted introvert. Like I like people, but my energy actually comes from my me time. Um, and my, my wife and eldest are the same. My youngest is an extrovert and I, she's having a very different journey through this because she's going insane. Um, <laughs> just the, the kind of, you know, real lack of, um, social contact and not going to school is, it's very, very different. And I noticed that with some of my friends too, because, you know, at the moment, where I work, everyone's working from home, which is normal for me, but not normal for lots of people. And it has been, you know, a very difficult uh, thing for some of my kind of extroverted colleagues who are just really like, I just miss being around people. And I'm, you think this is amazing though? Like, isn't this great? <laughs> um, but I get it. I get it. And I think it's going to be like this for quite a while. Yeah. So um, for those that aren't in Australia, our government are saying plan for this to be for like, like this for at least six months. Um, and, I'm kind of like you, Scott. I'm, you know, a bit extroverty, introverty, maybe a little bit more introverty than you, but um, that's fine. Everyone's different. But I'm getting to the point where I'm starting to, like like I was saying, it's weird at work and it's getting to the point where I'm starting to miss people. Like not even just like the people that I'm kind of friends with and everything else, but just I miss there being people around. It's just getting to the point where, yeah, it's like you, you go get up every day, go to work in an almost empty office, lights are off all over the place because you don't need them on. And it's just this surreal experience where it's like you can keep doing the same things, but you can't have people. Yeah. I think that uh, the in terms of where we're at stage-wise, we're not locked down. We are 
um, in what they're calling stage two, where the, there's only you should only be out for work, essential um, shopping, medical, you know, care, etc. Um, but there's still a reasonable number of people. Like if you go to the shops, um, etc. It's not like it's it's definitely a lot more quiet than it would normally be, but it's not completely ghost town. But it is interesting how I can see now, even in the last few days people much more conscious of the social distancing in shops and the shops that are still open are um, doing, I think, a good job of kind of giving you visuals, et cetera, of just like how to stay apart. And it's just such a, it's such an unreal thing. And now when I watch television or things that, you know, are made before this happened, I'm like, why are you guys all so close together? Stop touching your face. <laughs> ah! Like, <laughs> oh, it's going to be really weird when we come out the other end, like, you know, if you go to a footy game or whatever and, like, you go into the stadium and, and you basically pack right in next to each other. That's just going to be just foreign after six months of you cannot be at more than a metre and a half. Exactly. I the, the thing that I am really feel for, as well as obviously, you know, the considerable number of people that have um, lost work and, you know, are already feeling the financial strain of this is then, you know, another set of people who are fortunate enough to have work, but are also trying to kind of work from home full time and manage school age kids, you know, full time as well. And uh, I mean, my, my work has been really great. Like we had this, you know, like a town hall thing last Friday where our bosses were like, look, we understand that like people's, this is not normal life and we're not, we work, work from home in these circumstances does not mean that we're expecting that you are sitting in front of your computer from 8 a.m. to 5. Um, you know, we're, we're asking people to do their best, but also stay healthy and keep their families well. I think that's probably a little bit unique. Like, um, but, the, 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 the pressure that you must feel. And, um, I'm so glad, like, that if this had to happen, that we're at the stage we are at with kids our age. Um, but if you are a parent, you know, out there feeling like you're having to, you know, homeschool, et cetera, as well, as a, you know, a, someone who worked in schools for a really long time, I'll give you a hot tip, which is that kids can miss six months of school. I'll go backwards. I probably like. Yeah. They're, they they will I mean yeah it's important to keep up with their learning etc but um, they they're not going to it's going to be up they're going to continue think, to learn I think honestly it's almost at that point where particularly for year 12 students so I guess in America that's what seniors just just I'm wondering when it's going to get to the point where it basically becomes this is a gap year yeah. this is the worst well, gap right. year you'll ever have worst gap year <laughs> Everyone yeah. is I mean, going to be a year behind. You'll be a year behind. The uni students will be a year behind. Everyone below you will be a year behind, and just get on with it. Yeah. See, I think, uh, I think you know that schools now are at the point where, while like full distance learning is a huge transition, that they, they've got the tools to um, and and the systems in place to be able to really keep um, a lot of stuff for senior students going um you know obviously there's some practical stuff etc that's not not possible but it it is actually um it'll be really interesting to see what they do do with year 12s etc um the primary school um obviously the younger that that they are the less that you can really kind of meaningfully do online and you certainly can't provide like a whole day's worth of um uh, supervision or, you know, of keeping occupied. So it'll be really interesting to see what this does to work and education on the other side, because, 
um, we, we've used attendance as a metric, both in learning, education and at work, um, that is actually quite meaningless just because somebody's sitting at their desk from nine to five doesn't actually mean they're getting anything done. Right. Um, and so the, yeah, anyway, without turning this into something that's not actually, um, it's going to be really interesting to see what's on the other side. And also I think it's going to be really interesting to see what our hobbies look like on the other side as well. Because of course, if you are a comic book fan, uh, all the mainstream comics come uh, to your local comic shops at Diamond Distribution, and they are shut down a month. With, uh, comics, DC, Marvel, Image, they're still, you know, independence, um, shipping, etc. But that is quite huge, um, particularly for our smaller um, retailers, etc. So it's going to be very interesting to see what that looks like on the other side of this. Yeah, and I mean, even the independence, like shipping, shipping's. Shipping's a much more expensive um, prospect than it was. I mean, whether they're getting the cost passed directly onto them or not, but it's they're not. It's not as frequent. It's not as cheap as it used to be because no one wants to travel. No one's allowed to travel, etc., etc. 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 Well, we hope that you guys are well and that you're keeping well. And we are obviously we've got a little bit more time um, on our hands, and we are going to try to. Uh, keep some shorter and more frequent episodes coming into your feeds so that you can stay uh, um, connected with us and the community. And like we mentioned last week um, as well, we have a, a fantastic Facebook community, the Action Figure Blues Collector Community, um, where there's a really great group of collectors there. And we've been checking in on each other and sharing what we're doing, but also just supporting each other um, because it is a very isolating um, time. And it, it is uh, a time where I, I think we're, we're very fortunate to have these sort of networks with people that have similar interests to us. So do come take advantage of that. And, you know, we would love to, to chat to you there. Um, tonight we've got something a little bit different. I'm going to review a couple of my recent actions, but if you um, listen to the show regularly, then you would know that Adam is changing gears in his collecting and is thinking about uh, taking up um, collecting nudes. Is that right? Nude painting? No, yep. wrong. Yeah, Sorry, yes, absolutely, yeah. Okay, excellent. Um, and maybe a, maybe a statue or two. And so after maybe a nude statue, the – uh, but I, actually, so I'm going to review my pieces, um, and which are of fully clothed superheroes. And then we're going to have a bit of chat about what starting on statue collecting might be like and what the for are. Uh, so this is kind of like a gateway drug podcast. Yay. Yay. The best kind. The best kind. Okay. We'll come back in a moment and don't do drugs. And, and also, um, don't touch your face. If your collecting addiction is a hard itch to scratch, then you might lack a bit of insurance that you always have some new goodies on the horizon. Loot Crate is the world's favorite subscription box service, and they're currently offering AFB listeners 10% off any of their flexible subscription plans. Every Loot Crate includes exclusive apparel and collectible items built around a theme, and there are so many theme crates to choose from, whether you're into a more general pop culture or gaming theme, or you have a more specific interest. To save 10% on any new subscription, go to trylootcrate.com forward slash AFBlues and enter the promo code BREACH10. If you do sign up and you love your loot, be sure to go to the AFB Facebook page and post a pic of your new gear. That's trylootcrate.com forward slash AFBlues with the promo code BREACH10. Well, 
after that wonderful interlude. How about we have a bit of a review, Scotty, and I believe you have two things you want to talk about, um, and it's, it's um, I guess, guest's choice. Go for it. Woohoo! Um, well, I have an action figure and a mini statue to speak of, and this is action figure blues, the action uh, first. Now, Eddie and I, I know, are both collecting this line, and we will do a breakdown at some point, um, but while they're still kind of fresh, I wanted to open one and chat about them, and this is, of course, the first wave of the McFarlane DC Multiverse line now that they've taken over the license for uh, retail DC figures. And I, tonight, am going to review the Green Lantern Justice League Unlimited uh, figure from the animated series. Um, This is something that I've been quite interested in because I am a big fan of uh, the animated series. I'm a big fan of the Batman line that is turning into a DC animated universe line from DC collectibles. And so I wanted to kind of see how these come and it's great to kind of have one in hand. Now, shortly after I ordered this DC direct now, sorry, announced that they are doing um, at least one series of justice league animated, this character and the other kind <laughs> of founding members, but you know, that's cool. So we, we can compare. So these Interestingly, you know, one of the kind of things in the long and torrid saga of DC-related action figure lines is that each time they come out, uh, they are a different... Um, and I don't know whether this is like some just kind of crazy plot to say, or if people think, oh, well, we've got to do- make these in a different scale from the last one, or people won't buy them, or I don't know what, but just stop it, everyone. Stop it. Um, just decide on a scale. It's it's a plot by the um, elite liberal lizard people um, to try and make sure that you suppress people in Uganda. Well, see, that doesn't surprise me. Yeah, it's probably probably closer. Um, yeah. The, the so <laughs> one of the things that I've talked about quite a bit, and Eddie has talked about as well with the uh, Batman animated line, is the shape of the Bruce Tim animated characters and the males in particular have you know wide chests and waists and spindly legs that kind of just ergonomically doesn't necessarily add up to something that stands up on its own very well so top head and he were a fan of a very successful and long-running three and three-quarter line from Mattel with all of the Justice League Unlimited um, characters that was the notorious thing that I mean they didn't have any knee or ankle articulation and so a lot of the figures were very hard to stand on their own because of that top heaviness. Now, I've been really interested to see how McFarlane was going to tackle this because uh, DC Direct has done a fantastic job of a buck that has got hinged thighs and legs that kind of do the splits uh, to give you more kind of posing options so that they all over. And the McFarlane ones um, have a much more exaggerated top chest were kind of it's kind of like more mr incredible sort of proportions and very very thin legs um and they they actually have got quite a similar 
um, structure in terms of the way that they've structured the legs. And actually, whereas the DC Direct ones have quite a visible hinge on the side of the legs, these, um, so that actually the legs and, and waists look better. Um, and they actually pose and balance really well. Um, so I have to say though that I, I do feel like the exaggerated um, the, like we, you know, you take something that's exa- already exaggerated and then over exaggerated it, and they're they they look great, but they're just so um the the chests and and shoulders are so wide um and it it doesn't I do think definitely <laughs> that the the DC direct um version of this overall just uh is better um the the Seven inch piece then again magnifies that because these are, these are big. They're huge. They are, um, you know, kind of quite hefty, um, in comparison. So if, if you have never collected any of the DC collectible stuff and you're going to start on this line, then I think you'd probably be really happy with it. Um, but they don't unfortunately scale very nicely with the DC, um, stuff. So, I think it's going to be, you know, kind of separate collections or one or the other just from, from that perspective. Um, and a lot of it, I think will come for me will come down to who goes deeper with the characters because nothing would excite me, uh, more. Well, that's not true at all, but in, in this, um, in this regard, <laughs> nothing, I, I would be very excited if they went to the same depth with these figures as the three and three quarter line did, because we basically got every character that ever the, the series plus some, um, and, you know, some really kind of wacky characters like Vibe and Gypsy. And so that, you know, I think probably will not happen, but that would excite me. Um, sorry, back to the figure itself. The sculpting, um, is great. Put aside whether we like the buck or not in terms of just the, the hugely exaggerated. Um, have I mentioned that how uh, enough that it's hugely exaggerated? It's really exaggerated. No. Okay. I would have to, like, it's a bit like the current use of the word unprecedented, which I believe to be banned after this <laughs> crisis. Uh, the, yeah, it's, it's exaggerated. As, as I look at it more, I'm kind of getting used to it. Um, and he is tall. And so perhaps may, maybe scale wise, it isn't actually that different. I think something that does exaggerate it more is that as well as this really large chest piece, there's then the, the arm, the shoulders and arms are quite odd because it's a really visible kind of ball joint that comes out of his sort of uniform, um, between the, the green, uh, pieces of his, um, like outfit on the neck and then the shoulder. And so it, it actually extends it and makes the shoulders wider. Like, um, but the sculpting wise, you know, the head sculpt's great. The, um, the, the, the uniform, uh, th- there's actually quite a bit of sculpting on the figure. It's not just, uh, painted on uniform. There are ridges and kind of pleats and in the, the top of uniform as well as some pretty basic, but still there kind of sculpted musculature. Um, articulation wise, these are actually impressive. Um, we've got double jointed uh, elbows and knees. Um, we've got this kind of crazy extra ball joint thing happening in the arms. I love, but it does actually give a range of, of motion. Um, we've got wrist artic- articulated wrists uh, as well that are, well, they're on ball joints, but it, it, it works. Um, and, 
Then we also, and a ch- the chest crunch, of course, enormous. Have I mentioned how exaggerated the, yep. the chest is? It, the, like Arnold Schwarzenegger movie, <laughs> Mr. Incredible is crying with chest. And then something that they've done here, which I, I have not seen for um, quite a while, is that we've got, as well as, uh, well, no, we've got a kind of a ball-jointed ankle, but then we have got articulate, we've got toe articulation. Hmm. See, I'm, I'm used to having toe articulation because it's kind of an ongoing thing with figure out. Okay, cool. Well, I'm yeah, spoiled. That, that could, no, you're right. You're right. Now, look, I mean, I, I haven't always loved it because back in the day when the um, like Marvel Legend, the Toy Biz Marvel Legends, had that kind of toe articulation, but they, they their feet tended to look really weird, like they over it was kind of oversized. Yeah, this it is was. actually. Yeah, this is actually much nicer. Like you don't notice it right away. It definitely doesn't affect the visuals of the f- when they are um, standing, you know, flat. But it's kind of hinged in a way that you can bend it if you need the posing, etc. So that is quite good. And I have to, I'm really, I have to say, I'm very impressed with the posability of this, considering the um, the top heaviness. Uh, I also love that the Green Lantern emblem is sculpted on. It's not just uh, painted. Um, that is pretty cool as well. Of course, now that I've I've just commented on how well I'm in trouble, actually. <laughs> Come on, man. You're oh, there we go. No, falling. Okay. This is why I don't. The He also then comes with two accessories. Um, the this, this has always kind of crept me up. The That, that was him falling over. Um, I'm sure it's <laughs> not. You've only been doing this for how many years? I've always said I was bad at this. There you go. Okay. The the he comes with two accessories, which are both actually uh, I think canonical in terms of the the show. The one is the giant Green Lantern construct, kind of like a water gun. That would be. Um, yeah. But you know, and then the other is the uh, Green Energy construct headset. That like why? Yeah, that makes no sense, does it? No. But the, the, but that you know that is uh, yeah when you're in space and you like I don't I feel like that that I don't yeah like <laughs> sure you can make a a headset but how does it you know I think that's a perfectly valid point but by the same token why do you need that much I don't know machinery parts on your gun looking thing if it's just gonna fire out an energy bolt anyway yes yeah give me the you know the good old um green Lantern classic yeah. Um, boxing glove kind of thing like that. Yes. Yeah. You know, who need who needs more than that? Um, but look, this this is this is fun. I, I'm I have to, overall I'm really happy uh, just to see. I think this was a, a great choice for the first wave just to show uh, potential of things that they are prepared to do, and particularly because you know, a lot of the other obviously you know, you've got your etc. Um, so it was good to kind of see this as a, a nod to what is to come. And I can see uh, a set of these together looking great. If I didn't have the C Direct ones to consider <laughs> to as well, I think I'd probably be more excited about this. Um, but the, uh, and I probably will get used to the the size of the. Um, but you know, um, mm. but look, I, I I'm gonna go eight out of ten. Uh, oh, hold on, I didn't. Even, I'm new at this, by the way. So maybe, maybe after maybe, maybe after 600 episodes, I'll be more. Calm. Um, I really do like the packaging. These they are chunky because the figures are big, but uh, they have got a really decent window to them, front and one side, so that you can kind of get a good view of what's happening. They have got some fun comic art printed on the 
inside that uh, is always groovy. Um, and now we'll see how long this lasts, but right now they come with trading cards as well, which are basically instantly lost for me. Uh, they do come with a figure stand as well. So that, and, and it's kind of just a nice black disc, um, generic. So appreciated. And then some really art at the back. Sense of what else might be coming, um, which is really cool. Someone actually did point out to me that at my local comic shop that some of these boxes have a card for a figure on it that did not actually get released in this wave, which was a a movie Harley Quinn from the Birds of Prey movie. Okay. Um, So whether that's still coming or whether that make it out or who knows, but if they've got a card on the back for that figure, even though it has not come out yet. That is quite interesting. I am going to go 8 out of 10 on this. I think that the um, sculpt overall is great, but I am not sold on the scale at this point. And the shoulder ball joint, I actually not pretty. Um, in fact, I think it's just weird, man. You got you got You probably got to see it in person to. You can see it from from pictures online, and it is like it's kind of like the butterfly articulation where if you've got the pose right, it looks fine. But you go like depending on the figure, depending on how you stretch it out, it just it just looks like wrongness. Like it, it's showing the machinery of the figure, and um, and this was always all the problem a lot of people had with the old um, toy beers. Marvel Legends was, yeah, they're super articulated, but the articulation comes at a cost of looking pretty in a lot of spine drivers going, okay, look, here are the poses um, people want to be able to do, or are likely to want to do, make sure it can hit those poses reasonably, yeah. and it still yeah. looks good. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it yeah. kind of, at the same time, it feels a bit odd to be potting a McFarlane figure for being too articulated, so... Well, look, yeah, I mean, I mean that that was one of the concerns when McFarlane got the license because they're kind of known for their staction figures, yeah. and there's certainly no skimping on articulation, uh, encouraging, um, and it'll just be interesting to see whether this um, gets refined over time. Um, but that that would be that that's worth a couple of dollars for me. So eight dollars out of ten, um, and to, to see what else happens here and that is the end of my first for this episode very good i have one further question the yes. trading card is that actually just like from another trading card series or is it just a essentially a card for this specifically it's a card so that each uh figure has artwork that it is based on and so it's a card of artwork um and it's from the the source so it's from okay so in other words Unless you buy multiples of the same figure, you're not really going to trade the cards. Look, maybe trading is not... Collectible. It's a collectible card. Yeah. Come on. Who actually trades? I used to. I used to. Like, nine baseball cards. Yeah. Yeah. Very good. Very good. Thank you for that one, Scotty. I think this is an interesting development. Um, (laughs) See how it progresses. But, yeah, I agree. There's there's some flaws with this figure. interesting to see how they go with the next few waves. Very good. We shall take a short break and come back with another review from Scotty. Well, we're back 
and we have the second of Scotty's reviews. So over to you, Mr. Scotty. Thank you, Adam. Regular listeners will know that I am a very big fan of the Batman Black and White line from now back to DC Direct. I don't review most of my acquisitions from that line because they come out pretty regularly and only so many can say about a Black and White Batman statue. But the latest uh, acquisition and release from this line is something I wanted to talk about because it's different and very cool. And uh, this is the Batman Black and White Doug Mankey statue. So uh, it's a 2020 release and acquisition packaging wise the these are very standard now in terms of their uh, look however one thing that i should that i should mention um with these statue boxes is that last year for the 70th anniversary of dc all of our packaging had one flat Ed, like one flat corner um, yeah. to them, and which made all of the statue boxes then styrofoam was shaped funny as well, and they didn't stack as nicely and be sad. And that that's gone now because it's not the seventy fifth. Now we're just back to a normal box. So yeah, yeah e- even more, which makes the whole thing even more dumb. But there you go. So that that's something I just wanted to mention. Uh, this is actually quite a long, and it's a bigger box for this line because of the sculpt, which I will. So Doug Mankey is an early 2000s Batman artist. Um, the sculptor here is Paul Harding, who has been doing lots of the DC Direct stuff of late, a smashing job. The thing that is really cool about this uh, statue, and um, uh, I would encourage you to have a look um, online and check out just for the, for the visual, uh, is that unlike most of these where... Batman is in some sort of or crouching uh, pose. This is one where he's not flying, obviously, because Batman doesn't fly, but he's in kind of mid-leap. So he's leaping in um, with his grapnel, um, which is a word that Adam had to explain to me. I just want to make that really clear that I didn't... I still don't really understand what that is. Um, the uh, But he's about to fire um, that prong. Is that... Oh, so, this is all part of the grapnel, right? Yes. Okay, there you go. We've all learned. The, um, he's about to fire uh, his grapnel at something. He has got his uh, left leg extended, right knee bent, and his cape is flowing behind him. And this is a very wide statue, which means it looks amazing, and it's also going to be a real pain to display with other things. Um, so, But it's probably going to end up in, you know, pride of place. Uh, in my collection because it's so groovy and also not very spaced. Um, he's supported by a just a you know a black um, pole uh, that plugs into the the base, and the the sculpting on this is really impressive. Um, he's pretty sturdy. Like I, I wouldn't um, spend too much time wobbling, but he he is pretty sturdy um, and stable. Uh, piece and really quite amazing to to look at the the sculpting for this i i just really uh am always amazed by the way that a sculpture can take something that is a you know a, a 2d drawing where you can't actually see all see it from every angle and visualize an action pose like this into something that 3D and works at every, um, and it is just incredibly impressive. The flow of the, um, the, the way that that, 
um, kind of flying uh, behind him. It makes sense. It looks like it, it works. There's such a sense of action um, in this piece. The way that his left hand um, is extended back uh, in, in looking like he's you know about to kind of grab under something um, is really just incredibly. Um, uh, impressive. The, the, the musculature in this as well is just amazing. Um, the, the paint on this as well, which often I think when you think about the black and white, um, statues, you might think that there's not a lot of paint work, but the shading on these also just fantastic. So highlighting both the, um, just the shape of his muscles, um, but just, you know, giving such a depth of shading, um, to, Truth as well, and I, I just cannot. Uh, you know, it's it's probably a terrible um, thing to try and review because it's something that it's just like, guys, you got to see this, and this is not a visual medium. Um, but it's such a fun thing to have, and I can't wait to put it on display. Um, I'm really impressed by how well, as well, that the the fact that it's so sturdy is amazing. I wonder how many goes it takes to kind of. I mean, I realize this is digitally sculpted, and I, I'm sure that part of that process is not just the 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 shape and design but the kind of mechanics of it as well but i wonder how many goes it takes at kind of printing something like this and then working out whether it actually works or not when you're trying to do a um a statue where he's not touching the ground you know yeah so that that's just that that post is the only part that like there's only the one post is what i'm trying to say there's only the one post yeah um yeah It, it it's really uh, it's interesting because actually the he is a little bit weighted to to the front. Like when you press the um, on on the base to kind of see, like does it wobble much? It does uh, go back a little bit because he is just a tiny bit weighted to the front. But I reckon that you could actually um, you know, that you, there's a little bit of rotation in terms of how you balance him in there. But the, the yeah the the pole has got a little. Um, groove on the bottom so that it sits um, quite quite sturdily. But he looks great, like both side on, and then if you're angling him more, you know, kind of like he's coming at you, that looks great as well. Um, obviously, you can display from the back, but even that amazing. Oh. I love the the face sculpt on this as well because he just he looks like he's really just focusing, as you hope that one would be when they're leaping. Um, you know, he's he's got he's concentrating um, and and determined. And uh, I think if you were a bad guy with that flying tragedy, yeah, in fact, it would probably um, be more so, scary if you had bat nipples like George Clooney, though. Well, that's right. I, mean, I think that's occupational health. Yeah, yeah, probably for Being for everyone. For Batman and anyone who happened to come in contact with him. Yeah. Be bad. Hey, um, I love this. I've got to give it 10 out of 10 dollies. Short review, but I wanted to throw this in here as well because I just think it's amazing. And because we're about to talk about your journey towards potential statue collecting, um, this is an example of uh, a statue that isn't, is basically action figure size, doesn't break the bank, um, that is a bit of a, a step into that space. So that's the other reason that I included it in my lineup because we're very thematic. Cool. So 10 out of 10. Uh, love it. Um, this is one that I don't think will hang around. Um, so if you are interested, I would grab one now. Hmm. I also like, particularly in the photos that, that you've shared, um, when it gets that light, like, so it's got a bit of a blue light on it. So it looks really good as far as, you know, Batman type colors. Um, I think that's worked out really well. 
in terms of just the way that it's picked up the light and it's highlighting the different flows through the cape and it's highlighting the the musculature and all that as well. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it's really, really not the um. I mean, they're really, they're really, you know, black, white, and gray. Yeah, but Batman, Batman grayscale doesn't have this. People would get confused that it's not a He-Man thing. Yeah. <laughs> very good. Well, that's my review and end of my review. Thank you very much. We will take another short break and come back and start talking about okay, so statues. If you like listening to podcasts, there's a good chance that you'd enjoy audiobooks as well. To make it easy for you, our sponsor Audible is offering our listeners a free audiobook download and a 30-day free trial when you go to audibletrial.com forward slash afblues. A book I'd like to recommend is Wool by author Hugh Howey. It's the first book in a trilogy which unfolds the mysterious story of The Silo, a subterranean city extending 144 stories beneath the surface. It's a captivating book that I had to listen to almost in one sitting because I couldn't turn it off. To get your copy of Wool for free and start your 30-day free trial, or find another book to start your Audible journey, just go to audibletrial.com forward slash afblues. Well, over the years of doing this show with Ben and I as both action figure and statue collectors, we've had many a comment from listeners that they've ended up uh, exploring or buying statues, you know, it, never thinking that they would because of listening to us. And, you know, as we've often, uh, said, we are not the people to talk to if you want to be talked out of buying something. Um, because, uh, like, of course, we're going to tell you to, to do it. Uh, but I, I think that there <laughs> are perceptions of what statue collecting means <clears throat> and what it's in, what it involves that some of which are not Exactly true. Um, but then also things to kind of, you know, watch out for. And so we thought it would be interesting as Adam thinks about transitioning his collection and collection and starts thinking about moving into statues to actually talk about that and maybe some pointers, some things to watch out for, etc. um, depending on the questions that Adam has. So, you know, it's kind of a, everyone could benefit from this thing, but also Adam's getting some counseling. Um, and uh, no one else has to pay. Yeah. Um, so, so Adam, how have you been feeling since our last? Sh- no. Um, <laughs> the- <laughs> I've been having thoughts about people. You, s- you certainly seem to enjoy the. Uh, so, what what questions do you have about? Or, or what what? Tell us. Actually, I'll reel that right back. Tell us about what this journey has been. What's made you think about starting to do this, and what you're thinking actually collecting. Cool. So, as we've talked about on previous episodes, um, I have an extensive collection of figure arts figures, mainly Dragon Ball Z. Um, I am long since out of space to display them all. I have no intentions of keeping them. I'm pretty much out of storage space, keeping things that I I can't display. Um, As much as I've loved it, I need to pay it back. So I'm going to pay back to a handful of figures, which I will be able to display pretty much constantly, um, and the rest will go which is on one hand kind of sad. On the other hand, it presents proper opportunity of, okay, so I will sell some of these figures and I will make some money and I will have some space around that I can use to display other things. Um, I could go and buy more action figures, which seems to me like if I follow my normal habits, I will get into a line and then I'll try and collect everything in the line and I will not be able to display them or store them. So that seems like a bad idea straight up front. Um, I already have some statues. So I have some of the early Bishojos. 
Um, I'm going to keep a couple of those. The rest will go. I have a couple of old Bowen sculpts. Um, so I have a, a red and blue Spidey and a J. Jonah Jameson. And I have a Mary Jane Watson statue. Um, so those are all staying. That's fine. So this is essentially as I'm going through my book. And I have my, um, my uh, I can't remember who it's from, but it's an, an Iron Man statue um, with light-up features. And that is staying. So that's one um, D12 cabinet sorted out. That one's fine. Okay. Um, I have, additionally, I've got um, a Dragon Ball Z figure art zero of Super Saiyan Vegeta. That is staying. I have um, a couple other items on the way, which, so my last um, figure out that I ever ordered was the, uh, was it the, the Journey Begins or Adventure Begins or whatever it is, um, Bulma figure, which I'd said by the time that, that arrived in my pile of loot, I was like, I'm out. So I refunded that. Um, since you can't get your money back, you just get essentially store credit at Big Bad Toy Store, which is fine. I said, okay, we'll transfer that over and get a couple of, um, the the Bandai um, statue type things, so we'll give them a look. Um, so that's already on the way. Other than that, I'm looking at, I probably want to set a budget for myself, so it's, which probably looks like I get one kind of V expensive statue per year, so probably about a thousand bucks type range statue that I'm willing to buy, pay for a year. Um, I might look at one or two cheaper things that are sub $100 per year. Um, and I will probably be focusing mainly on Dragon Ball Z, which limits my opportunities immeasurably, um, mm-hmm. just having done a bit of early searching. Um, so I've got some idea as to what I'm after. I have some idea as to my budget and price range, which seems okay. But there are things I need to know about in terms of um, whether I care about resale value, um, whether or not it's an authentic product because a lot of the things that I'm probably going to look at, um, if I'm not going to just stick to bundle items that are, you know, 50 bucks or whatever that, look, we'll see what they turn out like, but I'm kind of going, ah, yeah, you know, they may not be that great. Um, so so they might be expensive. They might not have, um, well, they might have great resale. They might have low resale. Um, there's a chance they're not going to be authentic. Yeah. So, I mean, I think that's a good point. Like, I, I'm always someone who will say you don't collect for resell value simply because it's super unpredictable right you know there are certain lines that uh that historically um increase in value um but that is really depends on the the moment in time and yeah. i think that you know you've got a <clears throat> certainly collecting as an investment i think is a friffy and um, not really a way to make money. So the kind of flipping idea, etc., with collectibles, I don't think works. I think that you, 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 if it's a line that already exists, <clears throat> then you can look and kind of see whether they hold value or not. Um, that there are, um, there are pieces out there that, uh, do, over time seem to lose value um, on, on the secondary market. And so that is you know, just something that you know, line by line, but is worth thinking about. In terms of <clears throat> avoiding knockoffs, that I think, like you said, with the properties that you're looking at collecting, there are, uh, there is quite a bit of that sort of market. And the, <clears throat> I don't know, you, you can usually tell in, in listings and things 
right? Just by, obviously, if something is way below market value, then it's probably a knockoff. Um, are, are you thinking that you're going to be looking at secondhand pieces because some of the stuff that you want is not going to be at retail anymore? Or I, Yeah, I think that some of the items that I'm going to look at, I think it's a fair chance. Having had a quick look around, um, it looks like, in terms of Dragon Ball things, there are one or two places that make stuff. They seem to be pretty infrequent. And so if there's a piece that's even six months gone by, um, it seems unlikely that you're going to be able to find it other than secondhand or someone's doing reproductions. So, that, I mean, you know, I, again, depending on what it, what it is that you're trying to um, pick up, sometimes a, a repro um, may be fine. I mean, I... I I'm not a fan of giving any money to that <clears throat> sort of market simply because we know that it takes away from the creators um, themselves because yeah. they don't see any benefit from that. Um, but yeah, it is a <clears throat> something that uh, I think y- you have to look at the individual um, seller and particularly if it's eBay, there are other listings, etc., to try and get a feel for it. And I will sometimes you know, stock things for quite a while. Cause I find <clears throat> one particular thing like figure arts, um, with some of the, you know, I don't collect a lot of them, but, and Mafex, um, as well. When I have decided that I want a Mafex figure <clears throat> and often, you know, I'm slow to the game. And so I'm kind of looking at secondary and every second listing is a knockoff and it can be really hard to, tell the difference so you got to use your logical reasoning when you're reading whether you can trust it or not yeah yeah i think that's fair um look i don't mind buying i'll buy a knockoff if it's to replace a broken part on a figure that i know i can't find at retail um or can't find a retail for a reasonable price and i'm only going to keep that damaged figure essentially for my collection um otherwise I, i stay away from them i don't i agree with you i don't think it's the right thing to do by the original manufacturer, the original artist. And, I mean, I also understand there are people that, you know, that do it because it's a cheap figure. And there are also people that, that are, this is my opinion, jerks about it that go out knowing they're buying a knockoff um, and then <laughs> report it as a knockoff to get their refund. And I'm, I'm like, oh, you, really? knew you, yeah, you knew you were buying a, a knockoff. You've then bragged about it, the fact, bragged about the fact that you, purchased a knockoff and essentially got it for free. And I'm like, you could not be more tight. Um, appreciate not everyone is rolling cash, but but you have provided zero money to anyone. You're a net drain in the entire transaction. Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's so true. I yeah, that see I'm I'm so not devious that people say things like that. I'm like that. It's like it's the same as the people that buy Marvel Legends at retail and then swap out the build a figure face piece with something else and return it you know, yeah yeah honestly why like why? i understand why but like really really though it doesn't it just feels to me like the that you know you're you're not actually <clears throat> part of the hobby you know like if if, the, if that's the way that you've you've got to do it and you, and you got to scam other people to do it that that is so outside the, the hobby <laughs> um look i i think it's going to be um to see how how you find that um and 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 whether or not that's a particular issue with some of the stuff that you are um collecting for sure mm. what else what, what else is a consideration for you as you start down so, this path? 
So space is, I mean, that's an obvious thing, but that's really just a case of, okay, look at the size of it, look at the space I have available. Um, so that's a thing. I guess the other thing is um, acknowledging that, that yourself and better not the best at saying no. How do you, how do you choose what gets added to your collection? So what are the key things you look for in a piece in terms of dynamism? There we go, I got it out. Um, or colours or... Um, those kinds of things that what what makes a statue for you i guess <sighs> well look i being a, a universe builder i'm always sucked in by oh my gosh they finally did this character and if it's a if it's a character that in a line that i'm collecting i'd, I'd be really hard pressed to not buy it if you know because i didn't like the piece unless um it felt like it wasn't a good representation of the character or, um, <clears throat> you know, I, uh, I guess for me, one of the things that I don't think is going to be an issue with the property that you're collecting, but I have always tried to steer clear of some of the, with the, the female superheroes, the ones that feel more like porn than toys. Um, <clears throat> mm -hmm. you know, that's always been a, a consideration. Um, the, but, I guess if you think about your own space that you've got and what is going to fit in it and look nice in it, um, and I think you you know you mentioned before that you've got Detolfs and yeah. those like statues can look great in that depending on the scale of them you may or may not be able to fit a lot in them and so then working you know thinking about the volume of the. <clears throat> collection that you might be building versus the space that you've got available um is i think thing to kind of keep in mind as well um that i visually i guess one of the things that puts me off statue sometimes is actually the 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 face sculpt and the accessibility of that like i for example um xm studio um their quarter scale statues look amazing but mm -hmm. I, I and i think they've gotten better over time but their face sculpts i've always felt are really weak and that is something that puts me off a um a, a piece i think that particularly with the dragon ball stuff where you you've got probably more of more of a steady canonical look for characters um, you know, I don't know, do the statues tend to just be really faithful representations of that or do they um, take their own artistic license? Or? So, yeah, so there's kind of three different ways to go. One is essentially sticking to the, the original artwork. One will be um, kind of a super deformo look. Um, the other one that I have seen, um, or I have actually seen someone try to do realistic looking, like humanoid looking ones, they always give me shits for Dragon Ball. It doesn't matter whether it's... <laughs> drawn or computer generated or a statue um the other one is there's a line called um dragon ball gals i think it is and it's under bundle and essentially it is kind of not not quite the porn levels that you would be concerned with but it exaggerates asses and boobs and i'm just like but that doesn't look like the character art like it 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 doesn't fit it's just not right so those are getting missed anyway yeah um so yeah, I would be sticking more with the um, the original art styles. Um, I'm thinking statue poses and Dragon Ball don't really go together, like in terms of the museum yeah. kind of poses. Of yeah, it, it doesn't. It's not really right. Um, no, I so I think that one's 
that one's kind of fine. I mean, they do do them, but it's just kind of why. Um, so I think that's kind of kind of sorted. Um, in terms of if we want to get into, you know, collecting really pervy stuff, we absolutely can do that, but we're probably going to be straying outside of Dragon Ball because I am aware that there are actually full-on uh, Japanese hentai statues that are 100% poor hmm. um, with bodily fluids and everything sculpted on, and I'm just like, we can probably oh, stay away from those. No. I'm pretty sure we can leave that out. I'm pretty sure that would be an episode you would not want to be part of. Gross. Yeah. Pass. Yeah. Um, so there's that as well, right? So I don't think we have to worry about getting too too um, explicit. Um, not that that's really a concern for me. We don't have kids. We do not babysit for people. Um, we we have a person under the age. People not at the moment, hey. <laughs> yeah, we have a we occasionally have a person under the age of eighteen um, around once every couple of years. Um, so you know, someone comes over with their kid. So yeah, once every couple of years. Um, that will happen, and that's about it. So I'm pretty much safe displaying um, as much gore or boob or whatever as I feel like um, without offending anyone, really. Um, and so from that perspective, it then becomes, okay, what do I want to display in my space? And so Dragon Ball is obviously something. Um, I may look at something like Neon Genesis at some point as something. I feel like I've already got most of my Marvel needs covered. Um, if I was going to go back to filling in childhood things, I would look at a Wolverine of some sort but I'm happy to leave that for the time being as well. So in, I guess in terms of next steps, because we're going to come, going to make this a, a regular check-in. So w- what is your plan? Like what's the first acquisition that you are thinking of making and how are you going to go? So the first thing is I've got these these couple of Bundai things that are stranded in Newark, New Jersey, um, as I think there are a lot of things stranded that have got to Newark are stranded because it's kind of a, seems like it's a bit of an epicenter of coronavirus at the moment. Um, yep. So they will come through eventually. They are already paid for. They just need to get it. Um, so there's two of those. They're paired up. I can talk about them more next time. Um, and I already have a place picked out for them. I'm hoping they go well with the, um, what were they, the dragon base, excuse me, uh, bases that I have previously acquired that have, you know, like a, an energy key aura coming out of, um, kind of a bit of a cratered ground um, and have light-up features. So we'll see how that goes. Other than that, I have a tentative list of Dragon Ball statues to work through. Um, and I think there's going to be a lot of working out what the price ought to be um, and then working out, and then I said it's going to be a lot of um, can I find that somewhere available for immediate purchase within a price range that's appropriate? Um, working out when I then when I want to purchase it. Um, so we're still rearranging the house. So the more of that that happens before things start arriving, the better. Um, and then I guess the other thing will be um, if they're not going to be, it'll be okay putting them on uh, a watch list or something on eBay and see how we go. Um, that I think one one point there I'll just pick up on that you that you mentioned in terms of working out what the price should be. Uh, most people I think would know this, but in, just in case people aren't aware, on eBay <clears throat> you can search for just sold listings. And yeah. to me, because the secondary market is really like what is something worth, it's worth what people will pay for. It. Um, that that is. Uh, I think as a good a place as any to get a gauge for 
what something might be a reasonable price to pay for something so that you don't get kind of fleeced by a, a scalper. Cause certainly on the secondary market, there are people that are just, uh, out for, um, well, I mean, I don't know. I guess, you know, it is a, it's a, <clears throat> a speculative thing, right? If someone's prepared to pay something and they don't yeah. kind of do their research, well, then that's not a crime, but it's not some. It, it's capitalism gone rampant. Run oh, that's money, exactly right. right. Yeah. If you can get it um, for, for cheaper, you can get it for cheaper. If you can get it for 10 times the price and you're willing to pay that, you can get it for 10 times the price. Exactly. So it's good to kind of do your research in that regard. And then I think that, particularly with statues, that there are, um, forums that are specifically statue related where uh some kind of buy sell trade you know is an element of that and that can be worth it as well because depending on release size etc like i've i've got one um thing that i keep an eye out for which has you know in in the three or four years that i've been looking it's only come up once on ebay um in all of that time and it was just a price that i was like no nah, i don't um but yeah. you know it is something that if i was really serious about it i think i would have to go to a, a statue collecting forum to see if there was anybody selling not everybody likes you ebay etc uh unlike action figures i don't find the statue stuff on facebook for australia to be great um, mm-hmm. there's a lot of people selling, but not a lot of people buying, um, but marketplace sometimes, you know, so worth, worth having a look. Um, but well, I'm going to be really interested to follow this as, uh, we go and see how, you, um, progress and looking forward to your first review when your initial purchases get out of quarantine. Yeah, it will be different. Sure. Um, <laughs> and, and I think next time we'll go through my list and we'll, we'll have a look at kind of different things about it. Um, and we'll just get some of my list of what I'm looking at and we'll just uh, have a bit of a look and see what, what we think as far as, um, I don't know, just first impressions of whether that, that looks like a good piece or not, according to everyone's opinion. Not that that's going to guide my purchasing, but just yeah. out of interest. Yep. Worth, worth discussing. Thank you for letting us follow yes. you on this journey. And as well as the end of that segment, that is the end of the show. So we should just mention that if you want to talk to us, come find our collector community group on Facebook or you email us at podcast at actionfigureblues.com. We're on Twitter at AFBlues. Uh, we are on Instagram, actionfigureblues, and we're not cool or young enough to know how Snapchat works. The That's actually totally in because unfortunately they have teenage on Snapchat. It's like totally against my will. I, I don't have it. And considering it seems to likely be for sending nudes of yourself to people, I I don't need that. It's not. It is now. It's really interesting having teenagers that, like, that is the default. That's where they communicate. And it's every, like, if you, if something happens to you, you, which, you know, could be as monumental as I was just in a car accident or as trivial as I just dropped peanut butter on the floor. The first thing that you do is Snapchat it before you do anything. Uh, and it's boggling. Um, but I, the reason that I got on Snapchat is that we, uh, occasionally do some fostering and we had a foster child last year who was a teenage girl who, uh, was not always where she was meant to be. And so at times the only way that I, we were able to keep track of her was through the snap maps on Snapchat. Excellent. That's <laughs> crazy. Which she was never smart enough to turn off. So you, so you, it- Ring and you go, where are you? And she was like, I- I'm at work. And you're like, yeah, 
funny. Snapchat says you're not. Like, that's <laughs> her heart. That's her heart. She's, she's a great kid. Um, <laughs> but, you know, I used to say to her, for somebody who, you know, often plays um, with the truth, you're really bad at it. <laughs> it's just like, you know, it wasn't actually very scary because she was just such a terrible liar. Excuse <laughs> me, to work on. Oh my gosh. I was like, honestly, like, I'm just embarrassed for you. That was so bad. Anyway, um, so that I, I, I digressed. Um, we are on those other platforms. Please find us. And also at the moment, if you've got time to record a review, we call them listener picks and we would love for you to record that and send it to us. Um, it's not porn. It'll probably be on the show. Yay. If it is porn, then we'll just send it to Adam. Yay. That's even better. <laughs> So you can send listener picks for the show, or you can send porn for Adam. Either are fine. Um, the- <laughs> Please don't do that. By the way. <laughs> all right, we should stop. We've we've now. This is always happens when I are left alone together. It descends in silliness, creativity. That's right. <laughs> all right. Um, see you next time, everybody, and stay well, stay healthy, stay inside. Don't touch your face. The Action Figure Blues podcast can be found on iTunes and Stitcher Radio and can be downloaded direct from actionfigureblues.com. Wherever you listen, please take a moment to leave a positive rating and review to help others find our show. Our theme music is by Robert Crandall. Our ad music is by Scott Holmes. The AFB logo is created by Nath Stones. We also have an active fan forum at afbforum.com where you can join with all the hosts of the podcast and many other collectors to discuss news, reviews, old lines, and trade and sell in a safe community. Please join us there. While you're at actionfigureblues.com, please check out our sponsors like Max Comics and Stuff, Loot Crate, Audible, and Gamefly. You can find us on Twitter at AFBlues, on Instagram at actionfigureblues, and on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash actionfigureblues. Thanks for listening. 